Welcome to the Five Guys Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the world of financial independence and personal finance. Whether you're just starting out on your journey or well on your way to financial freedom, we've got the insights and strategies you need to achieve your financial goals. In each episode, we'll provide actionable tips and real-life success stories to inspire and guide you on your path to financial independence. So grab your notepad and get ready to transform your financial future with the Five Guys Podcast. Let's get started. The Fly Guys is a podcast dedicated to providing general information and insights on a wide range of wealth-related topics. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guests and do not constitute personalized financial advice. The content provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for professional financial advice. Your financial situation and goals are unique, and the information provided here may not be applicable or suitable for your specific circumstances. We, the host, and the guests of the Fire Guys are not acting as your financial advisor. We are not aware of your individual financial situations, risk tolerance, or investment objectives. Any decisions or actions you take based on the information provided on this podcast are your own and made at your own risk. I may be a financial advisor, but I am not your financial advisor. And now that the lawyers are happy, let's get started. What are financial experts telling you about your money? Welcome to the Five Guys Podcast, where we unravel the mysteries of finance and empower you to take control of your financial journey. Today, we are diving deep into the realm of money where it meets the mind. The psychology of money isn't just about the numbers, but it's about human behavior, emotions, and an intricate dance between our wallets and our minds. Today, we are discussing the topic that bridges the world of finance, psychology, and making you question the traditional wisdom about money. We're drawing insights from the brilliant mind of the author Morgan Housel from The Psychology of Money. Ever wonder why people make strange decisions, especially during times of economic turbulence? Today, we're not just looking at charts and graphs. We're exploring the softer, more nuanced side of finances, the behavioral side. Nice. You, you, you minored in behavioral stuff, psychology. And I actually majored in, in psychology. You majored stuff. in it. Yes. Oh, dude, this is great. So buckle up as we navigate through the fascinating corridors of the human behavior, unraveling the secrets that shape our relationships with money. Get ready to rethink your way to wealth and investments and financial decisions. We are the Five Guys. I'm Dom. He's Chris. And uh, let's get right into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love that. So you're really the guy... For this, for this pod. You oh, yeah. This was made for me. This, this, this pod this was, was, is, was yeah, all about yeah. me. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> you can tell who orchestrates which podcast. Like, maybe next podcast is, like, how to allocate more funds towards snacks and <laughs> food. That's a Dom podcast. But Psychology of Money, that's a Chris podcast. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. But so, th- this is really where I love to, like, live, especially for my practice of Mons on Wealth Um I think one of the things that separates me is that I'm not just focused on the charts and the graphs. I feel like mm-hmm. so many advisors are just like, this is how much money I can guarantee I'm going to get you a return. First off, no one can guarantee a return. Yeah. So that's already a lie. Run for the hills. Yeah, run for the hills. Yeah. Um, and they're going to focus all on like the number side. But no one's going to focus on the nuance side of how you're going to interact with your money, how you feel about the things you have. Mm-hmm. Are you saving enough? Are, are you? What's even your goal? Because yeah. Dom is a bigger person than just a number in a bank account. I appreciate that. Yeah, you were substantially more than that. So it's <laughs> very important that we work on these things. I think I've talked about it before, but when I used to have people would pay me like three, $4,000 to do financial plans for them, mm-hmm. you know, I'd make good money doing it. But then at the end of the day, my clients would never actually take action on that. Yeah. So I had to look into myself and figure out what am I doing wrong here that these people are paying me and I'm delivering them what I assumed was good value. And traditionally, like it was good value. I gave them mm-hmm. a full financial plan, but they weren't implementing it. Until I realized that 
there's more behind this than just having the right plan in place. You have to focus on your money psychology, your money mindset, and the psychology of money before we can actually start to move forward. So I found that Morgan Housel's book, The Psychology of Money, was one of the best ways when I first read it. Mm -hmm. It was like a light bulb came on and it was like, oh my goodness, I can show someone a chart till I'm blue in the face, but they're not gonna understand it until their mind is ready to be opened and more susceptible. So today in the pod, we're gonna be talking about Morgan House's book and using it as a framework to discuss how our audience and how we can look at life a little bit better, um, you know, financially and monetarily with our minds. Definitely. So who is this Morgan Housel? Is it ironic that like House, Housel, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's a financial joke in there somewhere. I feel like you're reaching, but okay. I'm reaching, but there's something there. A, a better joke writer than me, I'm sure has come up with something. But uh, who is this Morgan Housel? Yeah, so he was an economist um, who actually worked for the Wall Street Journal. He now works for The Motley Fool uh, okay. as, as a writer. I'm not sure if you've heard of The I've Motley heard of Fool. It, yeah. yep. they've, so, they've been blowing up my inbox since... 2018. <laughs> yeah, they have some really good stuff. But um, so he was a he was a just a writer for them for a really long time. And then mm-hmm. in 2008, after witnessing the crash, mm-hmm. you know everyone knew exactly what to do when there's a stock market crash, right? Like we've had financial people saying this forever: stock market is crashing. You're going to want to buy more. You don't want to sell. You know you want to just stick to the path. And what happens whenever there is an emergency? We can all, everyone on this podcast, experience COVID. Yeah. So like, while we might be able to say these things and like, oh, this is what I'm going to do in a downturn, we don't really know who we are during this situation. Mm-hmm. So Morgan, after watching 2008 happen, he decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a book on all of these things that I have witnessed and watched, especially being a writer for these last blank number of years. And what can I do to teach people about their behavioral side mm-hmm. before, you know, the next crash comes along? Because I think, again, to my business as well, focusing on that side it's more squishy. There's not really a right answer or a wrong answer. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's actually going to move the needle for your clients and for individuals. Interesting, interesting. So getting into the, the thick of it, what can we learn from this person? Because I know we have a lot to talk about today. We have multiple segments we're going to go over. Um, but where do you want to start with that? You know, I think the first thing to start off, we were probably going to go into like what is ultimate wealth. But before we go into that, I think it would be remiss if we didn't talk about like why this isn't normally spoken about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I went to college and when all of us goes to school, we are taught to learn in order to gear for a test, in order to yes. pass a test at the end of the day. And this is really where traditional finance and traditional education really fails us when it comes to money. Because again, we're focusing on the charts and the formulas and remembering some specific yeah, thing. very uh, enclosed metric data mm-hmm. rather than real-world possibilities. Yeah, because yeah. when you think about it, like what's the ultimate, I mentioned a few times, what's the ultimate thing that's going to like bring you wealth? It's spending less than you make and like probably finding a good partner to share your life with. Yeah. But yeah. like being able to quantify like what is a good partner to you, that's an impossible question. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can never give you a good test and say like, Dominic, you're here, fill this out and I got you. Yeah. Um, but I can gear you the test towards like what's the right metric for how you do a PE ratio yes. or like what's a good sharp ratio that all that stuff makes sense but the actual dollars and cents the nuances of individuals that's where the gap in our financial education I think comes in Definitely. so that's where this book and hopefully like myself while working with clients and you listening to the pod here today mm-hmm. um, is going to be able to help to bridge that gap for you to understand that there is something there between your money and your mindset they're not two separate things no not at all I mean it's it's about the most one of the most important relationships you can have with yourself. Oh yeah, is how you manage your money. You just can't manage your money, then, well, you know, 
you can't buy food. You can't <laughs> buy water. You can't, you can't, you know, have nice things. You can't even live. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important that the psychology of money or the money mindset that you talk about, love that. I feel like we should coin that somewhere. Uh, yeah, register trademark. Register trademark. <laughs> Five guys. Money mindset. Um, I love that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you go to the gym, I go to the gym. Uh, we train ourselves in multiple different areas, but I think it's, it's, it would be remiss if we didn't also train our money mindset and, you know, imply and, and use the tools that we're being taught mm -hmm. to us and that we're teaching now, yep. you know, and I love that. I love that. So getting onto it, we have to talk about wealth and our ultimate wealth. Mm -hmm. What's your ultimate wealth? Cause I feel like it's very similar to mine. Yeah. So I think for me, ultimate wealth is having full autonomy of the choices that I get to make in life. Definitely. Even if that means at the end of the day, I wake up at 4 a.m. and I get to go and cold plunge and do all this crap that I'm subjecting myself to. Yeah. Like even if at the end of the day, I decide to wake up and work, I have that ultimate decision. And, I've, and I think the biggest thing is so many people think that like financial independence means that I get to retire on an island and I get to sip pina coladas all day and you know just drink and have fun. Yeah. And that sounds great. Yeah. But most people are never going to be able to attain that, even if they work their entire life. But what you can do is come to a point in life where money is not the main motivator of life. Living life and having fun or whatever it is for you, that's the main motivator. And money just happens to help to supplement that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's funny. When you said that, uh, like just sitting on a beach, and I'm just like, dang, I'm like that, that is just... It gets boring after a while. I've done it. It's super fun. Like, it's fun. But it's fun for like two weeks. And after yeah. that, you're like, I need to do something. Like, yeah. I need to do something with my life. You know, to retire is to expire. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have purpose in life. Whether that's to live for your kids, for your grandkids, for yourself, for your spouse, for your God, or for whatever you do. It's like, got to have purpose. Yep. Yeah, you got to have faith that things are going to get better and that you're growing, you're learning, you're trying to reach this ultimate level of yourself. And unfortunately, living on a, sitting on a beach or just playing backgammon all day isn't really going to get you to where you want to go. And buying possessions, that's like a quick joy. That's like a quick dopamine spike, right? Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things because I, I always say, like, you're, you're purchasing something. So either mm -hmm. you can purchase this item from Target or from wherever, or you can purchase your financial freedom. Yes. And, you know, while the financial freedom may be a bigger purchase, may take longer, it's the one thing that I know of that will give you sustained joy. You know, we all know that possessions that are material, mm -hmm. they are, they're, they're very ephemeral. Like you, they give you momentary joy. And I think we've all been in that trap. I know I certainly have where we, you purchase something and you're like, oh man, once I have this, like once I have my chain, once yeah. I have my new sunglasses, <laughs> once, my you know, once I get my new shoes, whatever it is, yeah. I'm going to feel complete. Yeah. And you get that from Amazon. You, you open the door, you're like, oh man, it made it. Mm -hmm. You open up that package and you're like, I feel so good. Put on your new kicks. They look amazing. Yeah. 10 minutes later, you're like, damn it. Yeah. Back to, back to, back to baseline. You know, and now you need another hit. Yes. I find it so interesting. Uh, I feel like life is always testing you. Mm -hmm. It's always testing you, even on the rules and the things you're good at. Uh, so recently I, I'm moving out, mm -hmm. you know this, and I've got to furnish the place. I got to make it presentable, you know, <laughs> As much as it is a bachelor pad, you know, it can't, yeah. it can't just be, you know, a plastic chair, one dish, yeah. you know, it's like a frisbee dish. A frisbee dish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I gotta, I gotta make it look nice. I gotta make it look, you know, presentable. Mm -hmm. I also love interior design. It's one of my passions and stuff like that. But, uh, I found myself, it's like, well, how much money should I allot for, you know, couches and TVs and, and all these different things. And I was like, well, I could do this much here, this much there, this much here. And I was like, and you know, then later I'll save for you know, uh, emergency, like all these, like the stuff we talk about. And it's just like, no, 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 no. 
you got to eat your vegetables first, then you can have dessert. Mm -hmm. You got to first save for yourself, make sure you're in a good financial position, and then you can go and ball out a little bit. Buy a couch. Yeah, buy a couch. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe go crazy. You know, buy silverware, you know, plates, chairs, stuff like that. That's balling out to me. But, um, you know, it's like it, life continues to test you. Mm -hmm. And you got to make sure that just because you follow the rule once, you got to follow the rule every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's totally fine, even if you, because you, that was a personal decision. You've made that choice that I'm going to save first and I'm going to make that. But even if you made the opposite decision mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to, forego having the emergency savings right now in order to have the couch and have the things I want, that still wouldn't be a wrong decision. It's rational to you in this moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the difficult part of this. That's the part that we can never test it on because what's rational to you based off of your history, your genetics, your backstory yeah. is going to be very different than what I decide to come across. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I talked a lot about this, this, this past weekend with some friends of mine. Um, we were saying... Because they all, they all grew up in a very different situation. They all grew up in very privileged situations. Mm -hmm. And I love that for them. I, Good like, schools. I, yeah, I wish nothing yeah. more, yeah. nothing less. But when we were talking about, you know, kind of economics and, and the psychology of money, really, mm -hmm. you know, I got to come to them from a very different place and, like, tell them, like, this is what it was like for me to grow up. And, you know, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I think it was our last one. Last one, yeah. We talked about my story. And they were able to, like, hear, like, oh, like, there is a completely, so, you know, the perspective you have is the perspective you have. And it's... It, nearly impossible to see another perspective. Yeah. So while it may seem irrational for you to buy a, a scratcher ticket, because that makes no sense, to someone who's truly in poverty and that gives them that one glimmer of hope, mm -hmm. that makes complete sense. Rationally, it makes complete sense yeah. to them. And I've been there. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. No, I think it's... I think it's... You got to be careful with material possessions. Mm -hmm. You know? I think uh, it's like that old adage where you like, rather cry in your Ferrari or... Uh, be happy in your Corolla. It's like <laughs> never heard of that. You've that. never heard of that one? Yeah, that's a that's one that goes around in the entrepreneurial space. But it's like you can be happy at any time. Mm -hmm. You know, happiness is what you make it. It's not like you got to make happiness on your day to day schedule. Yeah, and I think it's part of uh, finance that we don't talk about is making yourself happy with money. Mm -hmm. And for me, making myself happy is making sure that I can feed myself, making sure that I retire early and I make good financial decisions. Uh, and I reached that ultimate wealth, which for me, like you, is buying my time back and just being free. Yeah. Not being a slave to a boss or a company or a corporation. It's just, I just want to be my own person. Honestly, I just want to buy a house in the woods and maybe disappear. Okay. Yeah. I just think it's so difficult because, you know, into us, like genetically born into us is the the desire to show the trappings of wealth, to basic the peacock. Like the peacock, exactly. It, it's, That's it, exactly it. It's a part of every single one of us. And yeah. until we're kind of willing to and it's part of the game. It just is. But until we're willing to like look at that game and say, I don't want to play that game. Yeah. Um, what else can I do? How can I focus on myself? There's really, there's really no way to get past that until you focus on, you know, being me and being happy with what I have. And, you know, the best ways to, to find joy through spending money is to, you know, number one, purchase back your time. Yep. Number two, you know, uh, what was it? Purchase your time, help others. And I can't remember what the third one was, but yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, you almost have to be, and this isn't really a money thing, but I mean, it can be, but it's like, you shouldn't really care what other people think. Mm -hmm. You know, you definitely shouldn't be, and I don't want to give rules. We don't do rules very often. We just guidelines and stuff. But how Chris and I have lived is we don't let anybody else dictate our happiness. No. We live for ourselves and we live to take care of our family, our friends, all that fun stuff. And, 
you know, if someone came into our life, uh, you know, so I, you know, I don't know who, but they came in, they started judging us. We're like, why do you wake up at four? Why do you cold plunge, Chris? Why do you do all this? Why do you do the pod? Why is it? It's like, I do it because I love it. Mm-hmm. You love it. We love it, and we don't care. You know, if someone doesn't like it, you know, we've gotten some, we've gotten some comments on the on the page, and I have too. Um, I remember one time. Uh, I, this is the first vlog I ever posted, mm-hmm. uh, daily vlog. Someone just, he's like, he just like ripped into me. He's laid into me. I'm like, damn, bro, the first vlog? I'm like, god damn, I'm, I'm showing my life here. He's going to tear into me. But it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be okay. And just be yourself and don't worry about what other people think. Sometimes it's sad to think that, you know, you might be the only friend in your friend group that's chasing financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough pill to swallow. But you can encourage people all you want, but... People make their own choices. And that's where uh, we talk a lot about like, maybe finding new friends. You don't have to get rid of your old friends. You don't have to get rid of them. But you can maybe try to find new friends because it will help you along that journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get into uh, segment three, cash offers freedom. Yep. Well, I mean, We talked a little bit about it. We already did, yeah. We talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, the power of having cash on hand. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that cash gives you is it, it gives you optionality. Mm-hmm. Like now most people say like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to have that much money in cash because it's a drag on my investments. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not going against inflation. Yeah, it's going like, against inflation and blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And my financial advisor said this and yeah. okay. And like, and all of that might be logically correct. Yeah. But is that what's going to help you sleep at night? Is, is that what's best for you? Is it, is it fair for me to have a hundred, to have a basically a year's worth of cash? in this house and like in other things? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But it allows me to sleep at night. And as a financial advisor, I can still do that and say like, this is what's right for me. But if you just say like, oh, Chris, I only need three months. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Life, life is a game. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all play it differently. You know, if you want to have more cash on hand, go for it. If you want to have it in a, in a bank account, go for it. You know, if, if, you don't want to have cash on hand and, you know, you're like uh, a doomsday prep and you want, you know. Just bullets and, bullets and, <laughs> bullets 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 and canned food. And, bullets and canned food, then, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the value of cash also in a down market is very important. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things, right? Because down markets, like these situations of like where we need cash, they usually only come around for like once every 10 years. You yeah. know, like to, 2000, 2001 to 2008, 2008 to, to 2020. Yeah. Like they don't come around very often, but when they do come around, you are so glad that you have that money on hand. Yeah. I mean, just look at look at COVID and how long people were basically out of work for for a lot of the world. Yeah. You know, at that time, I was saying like three to six months. That's why mine increased from six months to a year because we saw that people were out of people work for yeah. they're just gone, like just yeah. gone from the economy. Yeah. So, and that's the hard part is I, we talk a lot about this with the nuance of life. You know, here in America, we have a recession basically every ten years. We we have historically. Historically. Yeah. But there's places like Australia. Where they haven't had a recession, or now they recently have, but um, you know, as of like 2020, they had had a recession in over 30 years. That's impressive. So for for us to be like, well, we need to keep money on hand because of this. You know, I'm in my 30s. You're in, you're in your 20s. I've seen mm-hmm. three recessions. You've seen two. Yep. For people who grown up basically to my age of life, yep. they'd never seen a recession. So why plan for that? Yeah. Yeah, well, it makes it that that's illogical. That's yeah, and it's like there's so many things to think about. Mm-hmm. Why are you thinking about the next recession? Yeah, that's completely. There hasn't been in thirty years. Like, of course, of course, it's not going to happen. But exactly. Then it does happen, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, why did no one tell me about this?" Exactly. <laughs> it's like I was too busy thinking about the Golden Bachelor. Yeah. You know. Anyway, I don't watch the Golden Bachelor. I don't know what the whole Golden Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, is. we don't talk about that. But um, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, look it up, guys. Yeah, but, but <laughs> the cash is a stress reduction tool. It definitely it, is. It's not an investment in terms of bringing you monetary, mm-hmm. monetary, more monetary things. It's an investment in your own happiness. It's an investment in 
yeah. sleeping well at night is investment in your peace. Yeah. That's why the way that's the way I look at cash. One hundred percent. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little cash heavy. Yep, and it also gives you like the most important thing from like a fi standpoint because we are mm-hmm. the fi guys. That is it are. gives you fu money. That is true. And like I don't really like the term like fu money, but like it is kind of fun just to be like deuces, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just be like, hey, uh, you want to watch a movie this week? And be like, no, I'm going to Bora Bora this weekend. It's like really, it's like. F you money. But same with, same with work, right? Yeah. And like there are so many times that like your job tells you what you're going to do. And because you are dependent on them for a paycheck mm-hmm. and because you don't have a buffer, yeah. you know, hey, Don, I need you to work this weekend. Yeah. Like, oh, um, but it's my mom's birthday. It's that's, mom's, that's, yeah. too, that's too bad. Like you're yeah. working this weekend. Yeah. If you have a little bit of buffer, you can basically be like, all right, bye. Like yeah. it's either this or this. It gives you more room to negotiate and be like, well, you know, I can find another job. Yep. You know, I've, elsewhere. I've had that multiple times when I've left jobs where they're like, you're going to leave. Like I've, I've left a company and I told you about it where I, I left a company car. I left my benefits. I left mm. a very good pay very in a corner sorry. office. Yeah. And they're like, why? Like, you can't do that. Like no one else does that. And it's like, well, I can do that mm-hmm. because I have enough of a safety net to do that. Yeah. And even other jobs where I've decided to leave, you know, they're like, do you know who we are? Like, do yeah, you know, do you know what do kind that. of, you know what kind of opportunity you're leaving right now? And it's like, yeah. do you realize, but then I get to say, do you realize that I don't need you? Yeah. That like I... Yeah. I have focused enough on having a less and being good with that, that I don't need to play your game and you can just leave. Bingo. I love that. You know, it's, um, you know, if the opportunity is not for you, then it's not for you. Mm-hmm. That so doesn't mean it's not right for somebody else, but yeah, it's exactly. not right for you. Exactly. Know thyself. Know thyself. What's our next segment? You know, that's, and it kind of leads into the next thing, the danger of the allure of more, mm-hmm. you know, that if I just got this next thing, but then that, that kind of lead you into that same trap of you can never escape that job that you hate because you need to get more things. Yeah. Um, yesterday, actually, when I was, I was on a flight back from Mexico City and um, my wife and I were sitting next to this very nice lady who is a physician. Her and her husband are physicians in Scottsdale. So I didn't talk to this lady because I was on the corner seat, but mm-hmm. I heard my wife and her talking basically the whole like three and a half hour flight they were just talking about yeah. stuff side note you had food poisoning as well oh uh, yeah i was coming over you were recovering poisoning. from it yeah, yeah, yeah i was coming over food poisoning so you're just like ah come yeah, on just, wifey i please. just want to watch my dragon balls yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like, put the headphones on let me just, just dial out just die yeah um, <laughs> okay but she was talking a lot about because you know husband wife physicians they live in scottsdale in a very nice part of scottsdale yes scottsdale for those who don't know very ritzy area. Yes. Very nice. Very expensive. And she told she was telling my wife that she grew up in India. Her and her husband are Indian Indian oh, kids. So she was telling my wife about her experiences growing up in India and like that the choices that she had to make to come here to America to be a physician. And now they're doing very well. But her concern is that her sons aren't growing up with that that like with those hard times. Yep. So they're 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 becoming very materialistic. Where her and her husband are not materialistic based off of the experiences they've had in their life. Yeah. So she was telling my wife about like how she's trying to like build in lessons in these young men's life of how to like teach them about how things are important. Because again, like growing up in Scottsdale, like some of these kids see their friends roll up in like Maseratis, Ducatis, like yeah, like nice at way Bentleys, too expensive like cars, nice yeah. ass cars for a high schooler. Yeah, for a high yeah. schooler. And then you know she said her sons don't even drive, but then she drives like a Kia Rio. As a yeah. physician, like, and they, I'm sure they make good. I don't know what she makes, but yeah, a dual a dual physician household. I'm sure yeah. they're making good money. Yes, you know, but then they're they're just choosing to spend their money in other places, and that's their choice. Nothing's right or wrong, oh. but that's the choice they have decided to make. So I'm, surp- I'm surprised you didn't lean over and be like, cold plunge, <laughs> cold plunge, you can cold plunge. It can make you better. <laughs> It'll make you a superhero. I, I honestly like. I think. Would you make your son do cold plunge? Oh, it wouldn't make my son do anything. No. 
But what if he was like he was like too like laid back, too chill, like 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 you know very materialistic, like you know like her sons and you know you needed to like you do with your life install some difficulties to build the grit and heart you know tame your mind because you know when a son is living under your roof you know it's very sheltered it's very peaceful but when you get out into the real world it's not as peaceful and sheltered do you think you would so i have, I have a lot of thoughts on this yes. but what it comes down to is imposed discipline mm-hmm. any time that discipline is imposed you must do this all people will rebel against it mm-hmm. and unfortunately the opposite way so you need to have internal discipline that i want to do these things because and may, maybe at one point it could but i feel like the amount i'm going to hurt them by making them cold plunge yeah will be like it's severely outweighed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's counteractive. Okay. So I think the best way, especially for parenthood, and again, not a parent, so like don't listen to me for jack on this, <laughs> but is to try to live your life in the best way and show your children through the way that you live that like I dad dad wake chooses to wake up at four and cold plunge, and then eventually the kid will be like, oh, I yeah. want to do that too. Yeah. You know, I think that most parents want to emulate their most kids want to emulate their parents for sure, for sure, so, and they do emulate them mm-hmm. a lot of the times in everything, including finance. Yep. And that, unfortunately, is a very double-edged sword, right? Um, unfortunately, it's usually for the side that cuts you worse than, like, the good <laughs> yes, thing. Um, all of us have grown up with not the best of situations when it comes to, like, being taught about money. Unless you did, and if you did, then great, you're in the minority. Yeah. Very far in the minority. Very far in the minority. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, The allure of more is dangerous. Yeah, it's... It's, it's so scary, um, you know, and again, it's like biologically, it's genetically built into us because we're trying to show other people the trappings of what we have. And the only way to really escape that is to basically say, I'm not going to play the game. Yeah. Become a minimalist. And, yeah. You don't have to become anything, yeah. but like, I'd rather focus on myself or focus on other things than trying to impress people that don't care about what I have because they're more focused on themselves anyways. Yes, I agree. I yeah. agree. That's, that's one thing that I would teach. Like if there was a, a young person or high school student you know, when you're in high school, when you're when you're learning and you're growing, you think that anything that happens to you is like the end of the world because mm-hmm. everyone everyone else noticed and they know. Yeah. But until you grow up and you realize that like no one else cares about you because everyone's focused on themselves yeah. and like not being that person. Yeah, I I definitely uh, remember being in school and having like acne on my forehead. Oh yeah. And being like, oh my god, everybody's looking at me. Oh my god. Yeah, but everyone else is like, oh god, I have acne on yeah, my forehead. Yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> else is going through the same exact thing, so it's just like. Yeah, nobody cares. Yep, no one cares. Nobody cares. No one cares. And even if yours is particularly bad, guess what? In like five years, it's going to be gone anyways. Yeah. Take some Accutane. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Wash your face. Get the oil off. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, be on your own path. Be on your own path and focus more on your values than the things that you have. Because the things that you have, again, they're ephemeral. They're going to go away yeah. at some point. And at some point, too, there's another discussion where we have another pod that your objects begin to own you. True. And is that really what you want? That's a scary place to be. Yep. Yeah, because you end up working for things that you don't really want to impress people you don't really care about. And you're wasting your own life. And that's a sad place. Yep. Or just thinking about having, like, say you you are the person that buys the new Bentley or the new Maserati or the new Mm -hmm. whatever. And now you have this car that you're afraid to drive because it's too expensive. Yeah. You know, and now you're, like, constantly, like, I have to park way the hell over there so Mm -hmm. that no one's near it. Or I have to valet every single time. And you're just, like, focused on this one thing. And now you're not even enjoying, like, you're not even enjoying driving anymore. Because you're like so concerned that someone's going to hit your car. Yeah. You know, that's why like my car, is, it's, a, it's a nice car. It's not an amazing car, but it's a nice car. It's nice. It's nice. But like if something was to happen to my car, I'd be upset, but it wouldn't be like the end of my life. Yeah. 
you know, than if I had a Maserati or something that I dropped buku bucks on. It probably would feel like that. <laughs> buku bucks. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in a long time. Yeah. Buku bucks. God, that, that's like a your generation thing. Is it? I think so. Okay. I haven't heard that one in mine yet. Yeah, but maybe I mean, I'll bring it back. Maybe, maybe you will. Maybe but I will. Yeah, comparison. Comparison really is the thief of joy when it comes here. Absolutely. When it comes to the allure of more. Absolutely. And you can choose to not play that game. Yeah, I think that's a let's opt out. Of that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, but again, if someone decides that, like, no, my my game is I need to have Chanel every day, and I need to have all these things, and I need to show everyone else how like rich I am, mm -hmm. then okay, that's the game you want to play. But what are you sacrificing in order to play that game? Yeah, absolutely. You might be sacrificing some savings, some savings, or some earnings. Yep. Into next segment, that was a terrible yeah. transition. No, but <laughs> transition, <laughs> transition. Um, the next one. Savings versus earnings. earnings. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about how economic data illustrates that the challenges of individuals facing savings, uh, especially in high-cost living environments, is really tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so hard. And remember, like, the whole game comes down to like how much you make mm -hmm. versus how much you spend is yep. what is that driver to financial independence, what's going to get you to find, allow you to live the life where you really have control of your own time. Yeah. So... Again, this kind of comes down to, do I want to play this game? Do I want to continue to live in this high-cost area, or mm -hmm. am I willing to geo-arbitrage and move? Whatever decision you choose to make, that's totally fine. But just remember, there's always trade-offs in life. 100%. There always is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing, it, you know, left to right. There's always trade-offs. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a weird thing of life. Yeah, no, that, 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 that is what it is, though. Yeah. It's like, there, is, there is no, sil I tell my clients this all the time, there is no silver bullet. There is nothing that's going to get you to financial independence and keep you there forever. And anyone that tells you they have the silver bullet, like run away from them because it all comes down to choices and making conscious decisions that's best for you because there is no one right answer. No. But you can impact your spending habits though. Mm -hmm. And that can play a big part in savings and earnings, right? Yeah. One, yeah. One million percent. So, you know, again, it comes down to two parts of the equation. Make more money, spend less money. Mm -hmm. Now, making more money for a lot of people is really difficult. I can't guarantee that I'm going to double my double what I did in the stock market tomorrow. I can't yeah. guarantee that I'm going to double my earnings if I work harder. Mm -hmm. But what I can guarantee is that if I eat out less, I'm going to save more. If sure. I don't buy these new shoes, I'm going to eat out more. I'm yeah. going to save more. Yeah. You can control that side of the ledger a lot easier. And they both are equal in terms of importance. Mm -hmm. And there is still a portion that you should maybe not cut because yeah. if you're cutting too much, then you're sacrificing life. Yeah. But again, it's a game and you have to play both sides of the coin. Yeah, you know, you're the general in your own army and you got to make command decisions. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Um, you're the general and the soldier. Yep, the so general you, and the soldier. Yep, so you get to make the decision, but you also have to execute the decision. That's it. And that's where I think a lot of people fail. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this, but then when it actually comes, like, oh, I'm going to save money. That's the general speaking. Yeah, it's very broad. Yeah, very broad. I'm going to save money by not eating out. But then you also have to be the soldier and not eat out. Yeah. And that, that's where people fail. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, you fail to plan, plan to fail. But a lot of people also try and fail when it comes to beating the market and trying to find that quick silver bullet like you talked about, mm -hmm. that easy, quick money. Mm -hmm. You found no way to get the easy money. There's always it's always been hard work slow and it's like could you talk a little, little yeah, bit about yeah. that? And and there might be in like, there are ways to like grow money quickly. Mm -hmm. But are they sustainable? No, I think we both on day trading and like yeah. we both seen that like it is a good way to make money quickly. Mm -hmm. But there is a reason that if you look at the Forbes 100 richest people, not a single person on there is a day trader. No. Because 
when it comes to like finance and what, what I've learned is it's about staying in the game long enough. Yes. Long enough to win. And that's going to be another segment that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But when you are day trading, when you're trying to make that quick buck, every single decision you're making is it's an all or nothing decision. Yeah. And the more times that you roll that die, the more chance you could get wiped out. Yeah, the more chance you're gonna get wiped out. The same thing of like playing Russian roulette. Like eventually, yeah. like <laughs> eventually that the game, gonna count. Yeah, eventually like that pull is gonna come up. Yeah. So they're trying to beat the market and trying to focus on, you know, what kind of returns can you get from me? What kind yeah. of things can I do to make more money? If it's not sustainable, if it's not a sustainable thing that you can do indefinitely, then it's mm -hmm. probably not the right one for you. Yeah. There's also a lot to talk about between luck and talent. Mm-hmm. So only in the stock market can you be lucky and actually do really, really well. Yes. Versus like in sports. In sports, it's very cut and dry, right? Yes. Like either you made the team or you didn't make the team. And it's based off of your talent you brought in. But in stock picking, you could just be like, it could be just sheer dumb luck. You could have just happened to choose Amazon because you like the Amazon. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. You know, there have been people who have made a lot of money just by sh sheer dumb luck. Yeah, yeah. Or just following a tip from some guy who didn't know anything. Yeah. It like, just turned out well. Look at, um, like, here's, here's, a, here's a dumb one. During COVID, mm -hmm. the stock for Corona, the beer, yeah. went up substantially because Corona was being, was being spoken so many that a bunch of algorithms saw Corona and then assumed that they were talking about the beer company. And then it like pump pump that stock up. Now, if you were lucky enough to just buy Corona because you had a Corona one night and it's like I like this, and then it went up twenty percent for circumstances completely outside of yourself, you might think I'm a genius. Yeah. Everything that I touch turns to gold. Yeah. And only ten percent of people beat the market, but every single person thinks that they're in the ten percent. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I think every time, uh, I think everybody goes in stages mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, you want to make money quick. And then you try and you get a little bit of luck and you get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of success, but improper risk management and bad tools and no experience and a lot of all bad factors just kick in and it's just like, they're always against you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's better just to be smart with your money. Yeah. And if you do make quick money, cash out of the casino and invest in the long term yeah yeah but sometimes there are people that like they need that little hit right like, like yeah. i need i need to do my day trade I need to do that thing and for that like if i have i have clients like that and i say okay let's take 20 to 30 percent of it you do your thing yeah and let's do a little bit of like long-term investing too yeah because i don't think there's any way to ever get that part out of people no and that's part of the psychology of money like it doesn't matter how long i could talk to them till i'm blue in the face of telling them like all of the logical reasons yeah. it's a feeling and you like you really can't fight a feeling with logic no no you can't you know it's like telling me Chris, don't go to the casino. Like, we can play cards here. It's like, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. I'm trying to beat the house. <laughs> I'm trying to beat the house. I'm not live in the house. Good Lord. So getting back into, you know, experiencing risk and learning from history, uh, we talked a little bit about how in Australia, their uh, depression or economic downfall, not downfall. They never had a recession. They never had a recession. In like 30 years. In 30 years, which is really impressive. And we're going on a pretty long stretch here in America. Mm -hmm. Um Assessing risk tolerance. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And again, it comes down to the that you really never know who you are until mm -hmm. you're in that situation. Yes. So there are a lot of like, and even I use them for my clients. It's like, if you were to experience a 30% downturn, what would you do? Yeah. And like, logically, it is, I'm going to buy more investments because now it's 30% on sale. Mm -hmm. But, and I think a lot of us will think about that and say like, if life was today what it is right now, everything's good. Just the market was 30% down for no reason. Yep then of course I would buy more. That's logical. 
Yeah. But the reason that the market's down 30% is because someone just crashed a plane into the Twin Towers. The yeah. reason it's down is because the stock market just crashed because all the, all the housing just went, just basically just went away. Yeah. The reason the market's down 30% is because there is a virus that may kill 50% of the people on earth. Yeah. And in those times, who are you? Yeah. You don't know who you are until you're in it. Yeah, it's like a street fight. It's like I could try I could be karate for 10 years, but you know, if a guy runs up to you on the street and punches <laughs> you in the face, it's like, you know, you don't know till you know. Yep, until until you're in it. Do you, yep. do you really know who you are? Yeah. And that's the hard part about it, right? And it's completely logical to say I'm going to do these things, but you don't know who you are till you're in that situation and you know, I don't that's one of the nice things about and it's difficult right now with like economics you know, every 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you should do this, but like that's one of the nice things about like investing in crypto is it is really a master's level core, crash course in can you stomach volatility? Dude, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Me investing in like small cap stocks, I know a little bit about that, yeah. small to medium. It's like, oof, like 20, like it's funny. Uh, my dad trades stocks a little bit. Like he has a little portfolio and I have my portfolio. And this was like back in the day, like t- 2020 maybe, we'll mm-hmm. say a couple years ago. And uh, this was back when like small cap stocks were like all of the high. Like it yep. was like it was it was just the talk of the town, you know. And uh, dad would be like, "Oh man, I, my stock went up a dollar today," you know. And it's you know that's like two percent. Like, yeah, it's a percent, two percent. I'm like, "Oh, that's good, dad. That's good." And he's like, "How'd your stocks?" I'm like, "Ah, one went up fifteen percent, twenty percent." And uh, like I had, one day it was like went up like eight percent. I was like, "Ah, I don't even roll out of bed for ten percent. I don't even get excited about about that." So it's like. It's perspective and learning from history and really understanding that, uh, you know, the highs are high, mm-hmm. but the lows can be low. Yep, and the very, very low. And, it can, and it's all lows can take you out. Yeah, the lows can take you out. And like you said earlier, it's important to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we're talking about stocks right now, but that's for really everything financially. You know, you don't want to put yourself in such a financial position that it's going to affect, you know, the next 5, 10, 15, maybe your whole lifetime uh, to recover from that financial hit. You know, so it's definitely important to just yeah be careful, be thoughtful, hire someone who's dedicated their life about finance, you know, to handle certain situations and give you tips. And and nowadays it's so easy to get in touch with anybody. I mean, they can get in touch with you if they had any real serious financial concerns or questions or if they, you know, financial planning, like you said. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's experiencing risk and learning from history and understanding the patterns that happen, not just on a chart, mm-hmm. but in life. If you yeah. know that like, I never pack my lunch and I end up going out to lunch every day and dropping $25 compounded at five days a week, you know, that's a day's work for, for that person. It's like, we'll recognize patterns and act on those patterns and try and beat those patterns and improve and, cause nobody wants to work forever. Yep, yeah, and, and also I think another big thing kind of going back a little bit from experiencing risk and then also maybe combining it a little bit with the allure of more mm-hmm. is there's so many people that if you look at them like they're multi-billionaires they're multi-millionaires yep. like uh, statistically they don't have to do anything ever again no. how many of those people unfortunately a lot of those people end up going broke hmm. because they've they'll take on more risk like elon musk has almost gone broke multiple times now yeah and i'm not saying that elon musk like he's he's probably a bad example because he's he's made he's, it through every time yeah but at some point, if you keep on playing that game where you're putting everything versus like yourself, at some point he may lose mm-hmm. and end up with really nothing. Yeah. So I'm not saying like uh, Elon, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Please like, do. Like, yeah. We, we like, need you. We need you. Like get us to Mars. We need yeah, you. Yeah. But like, is that the game that you want to play? That's mm-hmm. not the game I want to play. Not everybody's built 
to win each hand and to bet everything each hand. Mm -hmm. Every not, single time. Every single time. Nobody, not a lot of people are built like that. Yeah. And, well, yeah. There could be like the person who has the Maserati. You have all, you have all the trappings. Like you quote unquote, you have won the game, mm -hmm. but there's always somebody out there who's bigger and better than you. Yep. And if you're constantly trying to play against them, doesn't matter how high you go, there's somebody else out there who's going to get better, who's going to grow, who's going to become, who's going to become more rich than you. Yep. That's, that's true. That's true. That's like, you know, again, I, I don't mean to harp on it, but play your own game. Mm -hmm. Stay in your own lane, play your own game. Don't be playing anybody, anybody else's other game. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Um, experiencing risk, learning from history. We kind of already talked about that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just learning from broader history. I think the final thing we should talk about is okay. what are the characteristics or maybe not the whole final thing, but close to it. Close to the final thing, one of the last. What are the characteristics of a, of a successful investor? Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably one of the more important chapters. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything we talked about is obviously important. Um, but this is the stuff that's not going to just get you to the finish line, but get you to the next race. Yep. Yeah. And we've spoken about this at length. You know, I think the biggest thing here is like, try not to watch the market every day. Try not mm -hmm. to day trade like... If that's part of your game, then let's make that a small portion of it. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it is proper risk management, pro proper risk adjusted returns too, and focusing on that. You know, if you look at so many of, of the stock market, like even last year for 2023, the S&P 500 was up like, I think 16% or something like that, very high. If you took out the top eight companies, mm -hmm. it was down. Yeah. Eight companies out of the... Out of the 500, 500. Out of 500. Is what brought it up. Yeah. So like that's the part where it's very, very difficult. Like how, who are you to say, even if I gave you 500 choices, you're going to choose the right eight. Yeah, now imagine that there's even more than that. Like, yeah. 500. There's way more than 500 stocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're going to choose those right eight? I don't know. You know, and that's where it becomes very, very difficult. So I think that's where the characteristic of a long-term investor is someone who spends less than he makes mm -hmm. and invests the difference. And they're focusing more on themselves, more on their behaviors, how much money they're spending, how much money they're making, rather than how am I gonna get the biggest return right now? Yeah, Because you are a lot more than your portfolio and what it's making right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so true. And the importance of patience. Yep. You know, that's one thing with the rise of social media and TikTok and like short form content we've really lost the skill to be patient. Mm -hmm. I know so many people, young and old, that are very impatient. And I think if you can learn one thing from today, it's just patience. Mm -hmm. Just be the person that can sit here, take a deep breath, calm, be patient, make good decisions. It's, it's such an important key. Rationality and patience. Like that's the, one of the biggest things mm -hmm. I've taken away from like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. Yes. Rationality, patience. The turtle over the hair, mm -hmm. always. Always. But I understand the allure of I want it now and I, I want mm -hmm. it right now. And it, it makes sense and it all sounds well and good. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. there are no like guarantees that you're going to get there if you want the right now. But there is a guarantee that if you spend less than you make, you know, that and you just keep on investing the difference that you will get to where, you've, where you want. And even if you never do, you're still able to build a lot up and you have built up the muscle of living off of less than you make. So you're never going to be in that situation of like everyone, like I'm, I'm basically destitute. I'm about to run out of money yeah yeah definitely um yeah and let's continue talking about the other characteristics yeah i think the next one would be making enough bets to okay. make sure that you win yeah so again we've, we've talked about this like should i go all into stocks or all into bonds should i do private equity or should i not do private equity and i always say the same things i say to you i say to my clients is should i do crypto or not 
Mm-hmm. Does it have to be all or nothing? It doesn't. We make enough bets in order to try to win. That's the reason I'm big into like indexing. But if that's not your game, just make sure that you're diversified amongst enough things. Yep. So like even angel investors. So yep. like some of the best investors in the world who like look at companies that have nothing and build them up. Yeah. They all tell, they all say like 99% of what you invest in are going to go to nothing. Yeah. So only 1% is going to make it to the moon. Only 1% is going to be your next Facebook. Yeah. So it's, you need to make sure you have enough money to bet across those hundred different things. Mm -hmm. And you need to have enough money to make sure that in case all 100 don't hit, that you have other money on the side. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to bet the farm. You don't want to bet the farm on any one decision because no one knows. And there's so many things outside of our control that you just can never control. What if someone decided to, again, back to our Corona example, like decided to short Corona because, uh, I don't know, maybe the company was actually doing something terrible at the time. Yeah, the beer company. company, What if the company was doing something bad and they actually had like true information and then due to circumstances completely outside of their control, a pandemic, and then algorithms seeing the word Corona too many times, you know, destroyed to wipe them out. Yeah. You could be right in every single way, but still be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. The stock market is, you know, it's obviously numbers, money, all that fun stuff. But a lot of it is psychology. Mm-hmm. A lot of it Majority is psychology. Of psychology. Majority I would recommend. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the final thing about what makes a successful investor is mm-hmm. that you have to accept that you are imperfect. Yes. And be okay with having quote unquote failures. Because even if you do fail, you, got, you, you, you made a mistake, you purchased the wrong stock, you did something wrong, you bought in at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. It's going to bounce back. And more importantly, you have learned a valuable life lesson that's going to stick with you forever. And that's what's going, and reflecting on those lessons from your mistakes and learning and growing from them, that, that's going to be worth its weight in gold. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, accepting imperfections is super important. Mm-hmm. I think not just for money, but for everything. You know, you got to accept who you are and improve on who you are. And when you do make an error, rather it, when it, you know, being in a financial standpoint or whatever... It's good to reflect on that yep. and to learn from that. Um, all, all aspects of life, all aspects right? Like there shouldn't life. be any aspect that you fail and be like, well, nothing to learn from there. Nothing to learn <laughs> there, yep. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember this one quote. It was like, it went so much like, um, you know, when you fail, you keep your head down and keep working. But when you succeed, you know, you celebrate. But really, when you succeed, you should still keep your head down and see why did this go right? Mm-hmm. Why did I win this one? Was it because I had a technical advantage? Was it because I got lucky? Was it just flip of a coin? What was the reason? Um, and sometimes you'll think you're, you're better than you are when in actuality you're just lucky. Yep. And that's when it gets dangerous because you start thinking like, oh, well, I'm, I'm invincible. I can do this. I, I just destroyed this trade. I'm, I'm amazing. Let me bet more. And then, bam, yep. you get the, taken out. Is that old, when you win, you win, but when you lose, you learn. But yep. like real champions, when they win, they continue to learn. Yep. Like there's a bunch of like, I used to be a wrestler, so yeah. a high school wrestler. So I knew that some of the champions, like after they would win tournaments, like most mm-hmm. guys would go out, they'd party, they'd have fun. Yeah. Real ex, like real winners, like after they won, they, they would go back film. and train. Yeah. They would go and they watch film, they go on a run, they continue to work because they know that there's somebody out there, no matter how good they are, that is coming after them. Yep. And that person's putting in the work. Yep. But with finances, it's a little bit more difficult because you can get lucky for so long. And just like Warren Buffett said, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't know yeah. what other people's financial situations are. I think that's what brings us to the final, like, what is the most essential part of finances? Mm-hmm. And I think what that is, is self-awareness. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, very much so. If you don't have self-awareness, you don't know what's going on. Mm, no. God, that's that's a good one. Yep, I think, I, again, it just comes back to like, what's the most essential part? It's just being aware of who you are in these situations mm -hmm. and then making your own financial decision-making. Um, you know, of course, you can work with somebody to, to help along with that, but mm -hmm. it's your individual traits, your history, your investment strategy, your genetics, all of that make you uniquely you. So that's the reason that, you know, many people in our comments are like, why don't you just give us like rules? Like, just give me a rule. Give me that 50, 30, 20 rule. Like, people yeah. love rules. Yeah. And I'm here to say like those rules, they work in general, yeah. but no one rule is going to work 100% for you. Mm -mm. It's like, you can't claim to be a hundred percent a unique person and then also say like, I want a rule that fits every single person on mm -hmm. the planet. It's nope. like, no, you're a unique person. You're, you're your own person, completely original. Um, and there's a specific plan for each part. Your plan is different from my plan. And even if we're the same age, did the same money moves, we are the same, like, you know, we grew up side by side. We still have different plans. Yep. We still have different plans because we're different people. Different people all the time. And, and even once you realize you're a different person than everyone else and you have your mm -hmm. own plan, after that, we have to be introspective on ourselves yes. in order to gain behavioral mastery. So not only are we, we also have to self-reflect. And that's mm -hmm. the hardest part for people is to realize, like, this is where I failed. This is where I'm good at. This is where I'm bad at. Mm -hmm. And be okay with that. Yeah. And I can, I'm pleased but never satisfied. I'm yes. happy where I am, but mm -hmm. I can still get better. Yep. Or, pleased but never satisfied. Yeah. I like that. And maybe even maybe it would be better said I am where I am instead of but and I can get better. Yes. You make that distinction of there are two right. things that are happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. For a long time growing up, my whole motto was always be improving. Mm -hmm. And I was just something I always carried with myself. And I think that's something that all of us need to be better at is just continue to improve. Yeah. Yeah, continue to improve and in all aspects of life. And I know we've talked about this again in, in past pads, but you know, just because you're good financially, like you can get better financially by focusing on other aspects of your life. Yeah. And like there's this, uh, this compounding effect of life and the beauty of life is one area is these areas that may not seem to be interconnected. They all yeah. are interconnected. Yeah. Once you're able to kind of see the path more broadly. Yeah. No, 100%. I love that. So in conclusion, let's get the action step. Then we'll get the conclusion. Okay. What's our action step? So action step for this week is I would encourage listeners to like look at their own financial behaviors um, and identify areas that might be influencing you either emotionally or socially. Mm -hmm. And then let's try to see what we can do to break those behaviors. Is that what you want to continue to have in your life? Mm -hmm. I.e. like on Friday night, you know, go out with the coworkers. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they have a tendency to spend a lot on drinks and food and stuff. And it's like, and that's not part of my budget. So maybe I don't do that or I skip it a few times or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, we, my wife and I do a lot of travel and the, the few, or last weekend we were in, we were traveling with our friends and we were going out a lot to eat. And, you know, I know if I go out to eat dinner, I'm going to eat a lot. Mm -hmm. So before we went out, I actually pre-ate yeah. so that when yeah. I got there, I wouldn't have to order a giant meal, yeah. you know? So it's going to be the same reason like people like pre-game in college. It's because <laughs> yes, it's yeah. you're like trying to save money. Mm -hmm. And that was a conscious decision that like everyone was doing and it was socially acceptable. So let's try to find other ways that we can do it. I'm not saying freaking drink like a crazy person. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yo, what's this pot about? Yeah. Good like, Lord. Again, it's, it's growing the self-awareness piece. It's the most important part of your financial journey is Definitely. becoming more self-aware. And then educate yourself on behavioral finance because so many people are going to teach you about, you know, the, the specific charts, the specific algorithms, specific this and that. 
but there is no specific anything that's going to get you to where you want to be. But mm -hmm. focusing on yourself, on your behaviors, on what's going to get you to where you want to be, I think it's going to get the win. And if you like, read Morgan Housel's like Psychology of Money. I couldn't recommend it enough. Psychology of Money. That's the book to read. So with that being said, I hope they learned a lot. I hope you did too. I hope you took something from this and really at least take something and, and use it. Yeah. That's all we ask. We, we, we appreciate you guys listening, but... If you don't use any of the things we're talking about and if you don't benefit your life, it's a wash for you and for us. Yep. You know, we really just, we want, we want to be there for you like we wish someone was there for us. That's the whole reason we do the podcast. The reason yep. I started my company is because I wanted, if I, I needed somebody when I was younger and yep. there was no one there. No one there. And yep. that's what I'm trying to do for us is to be that person that I needed. With that being said, I hope you guys liked the video. Mm -hmm. If you're watching on video format, if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe. Uh, I noticed some of you guys are only watching on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I had a friend of mine, uh, and I was telling him about the background. I was telling him, about, he's like, YouTube, the podcast is video? It's, it's, it's YouTube too? Yeah, he's like, he's like uh, it's just on, he's like, I'm like, where do you watch? He's like, on Apple Podcasts. I'm like, oh, he's like, didn't even know it was on video. So I'm like, yeah, if you don't know, we are also on YouTube, the Five Guys. And uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube, we're also on all the other. You social can see our beautiful faces, Dom's huge hair. Yeah, I do have very poofy hair. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've been fighting a haircut for the last, I don't know, 10 podcasts. And uh, maybe, maybe not next podcast, but the podcast after that. Maybe. Gonna come with a full buzz. Maybe maybe I'll get the Chris, the just dial in. Shave it all off. Shave it all off. The locks though. Yeah, I know. It'd be, no, you it needs to be different. We can't have the same hair. No, that'd weird. be weird. That'd be weird. But yeah, anyway. we, we are on a bunch of different platforms now. <laughs> yes. So please, like if you're on one and you like us, maybe subscribe to the other ones. You don't have to watch us on both platforms. Yeah. It's the same damn thing. But yeah. you know, I think we will probably be putting out more stuff on YouTube here soon. We've talked about it at least. Um, but yeah, I hope today you've learned a lot about the behavioral side, the psychology side, the money mindset side, yes. rather than focusing on the specific dollars and cents. Absolutely. With that being said. With that being said, remember the fee for the show. Yep. Credit cards out. Credit cards out. Nope. Uh, remember <laughs> the fee for the show is to tell a person, tell a friend, tell a family member, any of those options work or a stranger, mm -hmm. you know, rep the five guys. We love it. We love it. We love it. And it's much better to go on a financial journey when you have a friend or a pal to go with. Yeah, bring someone with you along this journey. It gives you someone to bounce ideas off of. Maybe you can even talk about Dom's hair together. Whatever Dang, you guys want to do. my hair is that good, bro. I can get you this haircut. I don't think my hair is that curly. Dude, we could... Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I got the curling, Joe. We can make it happen. But uh, yeah, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the pod, and we'll see you in the next one. Later. Peace. This video podcast is sponsored by Monzon Wealth. The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. We do not endorse specific products or services. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests, not the podcast sponsor. It is crucial to consult with a qualified financial advisor or professional who can provide advice tailored to your specific needs before making any financial decisions, investments, or taking any other actions. If you are seeking specified help, you can reach out to Chris at monsonwealth.com.